And welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Josh. And I'm Christy. Ooh, a reversal of roles. Did that catch you off, people? (laughs) You did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Today, today. I wasn't going to do that part. That's that's your signature. (laughs) I can't can't do that. We're talking about Melody Cool, the single. That's right. Single and remixes and Prince versions. The specially priced maxi single? On record. You mean vinyl? Vinyl, yes. It's a record. It is a record. Right. It's different than like an agency of record. I realized that. Okay. Anyway, it was released December 4th of 1990 in the U.S. That is correct. Merry Christmas. That's right. Happy New Year. It was the earliest recording made at Paisley Park to have been released. Kind of. It was recorded with Prince vocals, which then got pulled off. Yeah. And Mavis Staples overdubbed it. Right. But the music's the same. Right. And it's, as far as we know, the earliest thing recorded at Paisley Park that has been released thus far. I think that's a cool fact, but I'm always kind of like, okay, it's a cool fact. I I don't know if that's... Yeah, how... It's kind of. Right. That's my reasoning. Kind of. Right. Well, and at least prior to his death, as far as we know, now, of course, there may be things that have come out on Super Deluxes that are blurred the lines of that a little bit. I don't think so yet. Between, what, 1999? No. Sign of the no. Times, no. No, you don't think so? No. Oh, okay. No, very little of Sign of the Times, if any, was recorded at Paisley Park. Yeah, but there might have been something on the discs. Well, that's true. Like the New Year's Eve thing. Right. Was. Right. So, so thus, I just talked myself back around to saying, kind of. <laughs> Melody cool. Kind of. Yep. It peaked at number 36 on the R&B Billboard chart. Did not um, enter the pop chart right i'm still kind of impressed yeah i mean it's not like mavis staples was a young artist at the time she was born uh july 10th 1939 so even when this was recorded and released she was basically a 60 year old woman Mm -hmm. you know yeah 60 39 to 99 this is 60 so she was 50 year old woman yeah right yes why you put me in charge of math i don't know (laughs) I was like, that doesn't seem right, because she's my parents' age. Yes, she is. And You're right. They they weren't 60, and they may have acted 60 in 1990, but they they weren't <laughs> they 60. Weren't, right. <laughs> Chances of them hearing this, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we talked a little bit about Mavis and her background when we covered the second half of Graffiti Bridge and got to Melody Cool, but just a reminder, if you have Hulu, which we do... We watched the Questlove-directed Summer of Soul documentary about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival, and she is in it and performs uh, with the Staple Singers. Mm -hmm. It's a very cool watch. It was really good. It was was a good, uh, really well-put-together documentary. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to point out she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999, which is neat. Mm -hmm. Um, She was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in 2017. Which I would say is even a better fit for her. Right. I However, agree. I think my favorite fact about Mavis Ste- Staples, Mavis Steeples is not a, the person we're covering today. Mavis Staples, my very favorite thing about her 
is that on September 8th, 2015, she was a featured performer on the very first Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, and that's Steve, so cool. And Stephen walked over and thanked her personally for mm-hmm. appearing, which I thought that was super cool. Mm-hmm. And I'll have on our social media, not that interview or performance, but mm-hmm. a later one that she did with Stephen Colbert, where she was just utterly charming. I don't know that I've seen that oh, one. Oh, it's delightful. And it'll be on our social media on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast. On Twitter at TMATS, T M A T S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And if you need that link, I'll be happy to send it to you. She also came and performed at the Tobin Center here in San Antonio oh. not that many years ago. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I went and looked. I was like, I bet she has other music out that I have not heard. And she's got a new single out last year. Oh, we are cool. all in this together. And her latest oh. album is from 2019 called We Get By. And I kind of race through a little bit, I'm going to go and listen to it. It sounded great and oh, includes uh, Ben Harper on the title track. Uh-huh. Um, it's got a great live sound and it's, it's got very bluesy and uh, great production values, it seems like to me. So I'm going to check it out. And did you see she's also actively touring and no. has dozens of U.S. and European tour dates scheduled throughout 2022. Good for her. In her early 80s. And she's got, I would say... 25, 30 tour dates throughout the year. Good for her. All on her website, mavisstaples.com. That's awesome. Super cool. Yeah. Melody Cool was sampled in some remixed single tracks of the song Hippie Blood yes. by Ingrid Chavez, which was on her album, May 19th, 1992. That's the name of the album. Correct. Cur- Correct. But the album was released September 24th, 1991. So it was very forward-looking when it was released. Well, I'm not, I've, I know I've read about why it was named that, and I yeah. can't remember off the top of my yeah. head now. But we are I'm going sure we'll to cover to that it. album okay. as part of Graffiti Bridge, actually, even mm-hmm. though it came out a good year later, since she uh, all these recordings of hers kind of took place during the Graffiti Bridge period. So mm-hmm. we are going to get to that pretty quickly, including remixes of Hippie Blood. Cool. Yep. Yeah. The B-side was co- also co-written by Prince, Time Waits for No One, but we'll be talking about that at a later time, I believe. Yeah, it was the title track from her first Paisley Park album that was released in 1989, uh-huh. so it's more of a Batman-era release, so we'll cover that when we cover his releases from that era. Okay, very cool. I believe I saw this on Prince Vault. It's believed to have been planned with Prince vocals for the... 80s iteration of Rave into the Joy Fantastic. Okay. With slightly different lyrics, like they not they call me Melody Cool, they call her Melody Cool. Yes, I think yeah, that is correct. But we don't have access to that. I don't know that it's in circulation. Right. So, yeah. so who knows if it actually exists? I don't know. I'm sure it does, or how does Prince Vault know that? I don't know. Somebody pull it out of their butt sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes these facts that so, somebody mentions it and somebody else thinks they're a reliable source and doesn't realize they were just, I bet that's how it was. Or We'll see. Who knows? Hopefully we'll see. Hopefully someday we'll know. Maybe. Maybe not this side of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Shall we talk about the... Oh, yes. Artwork. I recall I haven't pulled this out in forever. Uh huh. I don't know that you've ever even seen it. No. Before not until I dug it out of the closet. Yeah. yeah. The 
12 inch vinyl specially priced maxi single <laughs> for Melody Cool. Uh huh. It's good. And I will say, pretty darn pristine oh. uh, condition. Yes, absolutely. It's got beautiful Margot Chase lettering yes. on it. It's like the more you look at the lettering, like it just looks like kind of a, almost like a messy font, mm-hmm. kind of like Graffiti Bridge was. But the more you look at it, the cooler it gets. Oh, yeah. It's really, really you, well done. Yeah. You realize the M's are different and the S's are different and the L's are different. And yeah. Everywhere you look, you realize how hand done it is. And yeah. it's very nice. And nice little squiggly dingbats as yeah. well. Yeah. They're like wingdings, but like cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a photo of mavis in a hat mm-hmm. and it's by lee stanford okay didn't know that the photo great and it, she's adorable mm-hmm. but i think she looks they aged her a little like she looks yeah, a, a little be. older because we'll talk about it in a little while there's a performance that she does on arsenio hall and yeah. an interview and I thought she looked a lot younger in that than she does in this. She's got this hat that kind of is matronly and like a little curly fringe around her face. And it almost seems like it has some white in it. it, Yeah, maybe. I mean, she was Tevin Campbell's mother, right? Yeah. In the the show. So uh, he was 13, 14. So if she was... As was I in 1990. So... yeah. Yeah, and she's your parents' age. You're uh-huh. already established. Yeah. We should really so. <laughs> close this episode now. We've come full circle. <laughs> but she's real cute and happy looking, smiley. Yeah. Do you uh, see the neon in the background of Melody Cool? Oh, she's standing in front of yeah. her club. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah, it's all blue and purple. And then the back is just track listing and credits. Correct. Yeah. And the... Little Paisley Park. The little Paisley mark. Park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What turned into a word mark, which had yeah. been the super cool Paisley shaped thing. Mm-hmm. I still would like to know who decided to move away from that yeah. ridiculous decision. But it's nice. Yes, it is. Yeah. Simple. Well mm-hmm. done. For sure. All right. So, shall we talk about Prince's version? We're going to mix things up a little bit. I think we are talking about his version first. Yes. The version and circulation is just. A short two minutes and 39 seconds, mm-hmm. primarily because it lacks uh, the spoken intro. If you want to hear Prince say, I've seen a many bridges in my time, you're not going <laughs> you're to get to be do disappointed. it. disappointed, yes. yes. Yeah, it just goes right in like this downbeat and the bass line and then uh, kind of launches right into the first verse. Yeah, vocal guide is what this is largely thought to be. Correct, um, because it's very reserved vocal delivery by mm-hmm. Prince. It seemed like he was kind of holding back a little bit to me. Yeah, there's still some really cool stuff, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, did you notice that uh, the opening vocals are somewhat different also? Mm-hmm. I can't even understand what he says oh. in the first verse. Okay, so she says, I was here long before you... If you're good, I will love you, but I'm nobody's fool. Right. The lyrics I found said, 
I make and break every rule. If you taunt me, I'll leave you because I'm nobody's fool. Oh, okay. I wrote down what I thought I heard, which was I could not understand what that first line was. Uh-huh. Break all the rules. Yeah. If you doubt me, I'll leave you because I'm nobody's fool is oh, what okay. I heard on Prince's version. But that's fine. Taunt me, I'll leave you. Mm, taunt or taint. I don't know. I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> I don't think that he said, if you taint me, me I'll leave you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be one of those moments of Prince where he goes, mm, 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 mm. Mm -mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, It features the same, well, you covered this earlier. The music is identical. It Mm -hmm. features the same samples of Prince's voice, the melody. Ah, right. Um, They repeat all throughout the song. So same instrumental track used in the released version Mm -hmm. um, for the most part. I love there are like you said moments where he he delivers a few lines very differently than Mavis Staple does mm-hmm. um even though the did I say Maple Staples? <laughs> I, I think you <laughs> I don't uh, think that's exactly what you said okay. but it wasn't that's what right I said, and I was just going to I thought let it I go. said Mavis Staples uh-huh. but it came across <laughs> in my head as I thought it back as Maple Staples which would be great on pancakes but <laughs> not on vinyl. I was just going to say, that's what you have in your pantry. Uh, yes. The first one that I found was how he delivers every time I sang Melody Cool. Every time I sang Melody Cool. It's just a totally different delivery than the way Mavis sings it. And it's kind of charming. Yeah. Um, he's got a much more tenor delivery of la da 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 uh-huh. da, which is yeah. really, really cool to hear. Uh huh. And it was really great use of stereo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't mail it in even for a vocal guide. No, no, like, he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, I don't think he knew how to do that. At 52 seconds, when he sings, uh, everybody run around talking about saving souls, uh-huh. Mavis delivers it with, well, now. Uh-huh. And Prince just doesn't have that part in there. So yeah. it's kind of cool to hear like some of the ad-libs that, that she did to make it hers, which mm-hmm. she did a great job on, just aren't present in Prince's guide. I thought that bit was very well executed. Me too. Yeah. Even at a minute and four seconds, a faster cadence on uh, They Got Enough Trouble Trying to Save Their Own, Mm -hmm. um, where Mavis holds on the word save longer, trying to save their own. Mm -hmm. And Prince does not do that. He kind of runs through it very, very quickly. One other little vocal difference, too, at a minute and 38 seconds, Prince sings, if we play on the same team, everything could be Melody Cool. And Mavis is, everything will be Melody Cool. So could versus will, 
and everything could be on Prince's version and everything, you know, from Mava, she's more, mm-hmm. you know, hitting each of those syllables when she sings. Very fun. Even his uh, hey, hey, hey is at the end are really fun to listen to. Just totally different, different voice. And he's got layered vocals on it also. And yeah, uh, when I say different voice, I mean, obviously Prince's voice is different than Mavis Staples, but his voice, like the persona mm-hmm. is completely different. Too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- found that part particularly charming as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it did feel like it was a vocal guide and Mavis was left to make it hers. Yeah. Uh, Cause obviously she was a mature performer at this point and had been doing it for 30, 40 years mm-hmm. um, and made it. It were the song belongs to her, to me. Prince wrote it. Mavis delivered. Right. All right, and then we have Melody Cool Extended LP Mix. Yeah, let's see. The album version was 3 minutes and 40 seconds, which is pretty short for a Prince track of any kind. Mm -hmm. This is a full minute and 3 seconds longer, clocking in at 4 minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah. I don't know about you, but to me, this is identical to the album version until about 3 minutes and 7 seconds, Mm -hmm. um, where we get more of Mavis's talking to yes she's the one talking to us mm-hmm. you know yes. i'm gonna give you this free baby yeah and also includes the opening speech mixed in at this point again so mm-hmm. you get it twice yeah and yeah it kind of is mixed in with the outro right yeah and the steels have that background yay 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 mm-hmm. yay yay stuff going on that's not uh on the album track too yeah let me give you a piece of good advice and i do get paid for counseling but I'm going to give you this freebie. I've seen a many bridges in my time and crossed every one of them. But no trouble at all. I did think at uh, 3 minutes and 51 seconds when she says, and if you say it right, I can learn something from you. You know, mm-hmm. following where she says, I listen to my mother, my father, I listen to the next door neighbor's mother and father. And, mm-hmm. But if you say it right, I can learn something from you. So kind of demanding respect but she shows that she's open-minded also like give me a chance right kind of a thing but let me say, i listen to my elders i listen to my mother my father i listen to the next door neighbor's mother and father and if you say it right i can learn something from you i don't think so yeah that is why that's why i'm melody cool that's why i got that's why i got my name you see and I kind of thought that was interesting because the way she starts talking about it, like, listen to your mother and father, is almost like what new power generation and bold generation were kind of railing against. That's true. And here's Mavis Staples seeing like, oh, but I'm not like them because I'm willing to learn from you. I'm yeah. not just, t- I'm telling you from experience, maybe behave this way, but I'm also willing to learn from you. Yes. She is not very she fun. is not the person that Prince was singing about right. in New Power Generation. Right. And she was, you know, firmly part of the good guys in Graffiti Bridge, mm-hmm. which means, you know. Yeah, on Prince, the kids' side. Prince's friend, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. 
this version of it was remixed by Keith Casey Cohen. Right. Um, and he consistently worked with many, many, many artists between 1986 to 2016. So mm-hmm. his long career, which he doesn't have anything since 2016. So I assume he oh. must have retired retired yeah which and also to me that says because this isn't a remix right this is right. more of the full unedited version of the song that was my guess was it was pared down to help graffiti bridge fit on a single disc right so to me that signals his involvement on the record also right i agree then we have the extended remix of Melody Cool. This was remixed by uh, David Bianco, mm-hmm. who worked with many artists and won a Grammy with Tom Petty. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And there were additional keyboards by Jeff Lorber, mm-hmm. who was another Grammy winner, though his is more recent. He won in 2018. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's a long time between Melody Cool and <laughs> whatever he did in 2018 to win a Grammy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so this is truly a remix. So I think it's aptly named Extended Remix. We get fun percussion, bass, and samples to kick off the song, and no spoken intro again, Mm -hmm. which is how I'm very used to hearing the song, you know, because you listen to it on the album. And, you know, her motherly speech is kind of how I picture the song opening. So it always surprises me a little bit when this pops up, Mm -hmm. which sometimes it randomly does. Yeah. There's kind of an echo on Mavis's yes, vocals. Very much so. Which really differentiates yeah. this from the album version. They call me Melody Yes, or the I extended had LP the mix. same note because it's not a new vocal track. Mm-hmm. It's just a new treatment to what she had already uh, recorded. Right. And the same echo is not on the background vocals. No. Oh, yeah. True. So it's only on Mavis's vocals. Yep. Um, at 39 seconds, we get the album version bass intro is what I kind of call it. The do, 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 do. And then verse one. Ow! They call me Melody Cool. Yeah, and her echoey, affected voice is there. But it's done really nicely. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to note at two minutes and 27 seconds, we get this fun guitar lick that's added in, just the little mm-hmm. little guitar hit that's throughout the whole thing. So because it's not credited anywhere, I'm going to guess this was a Prince remnant of some kind. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it could have been sampled from somewhere else. But, you know, we get an additional keyboard credit for Jeff Lorber. There's no note as to, you know, additional guitar by so-and-so. So I think... We know who the so-and-so be. Right. For sure. (laughs) You mentioned Keith Cohen? Yes. At three minutes in this song, there are different drums and percussion that start, and they play under Mavis's good advice talk. Mm -hmm. Here I am again thinking... Where have I heard that? So I pulled this out, the pulled this out, the record, uh-huh. um, the 12-inch vinyl, to look at credits um, to see, like, who did this remix? And then I saw it was Keith Cohen. And so I was like, I've heard this somewhere, and I finally figured it out. It's on the Cream Maxi single that was released a year later, specifically 
Do Your Dance, KC's remix. Okay. If you listen to that from 50 seconds to a minute, 10 seconds. present to some degree in all of the Do Your Dance tracks, of which there are four, Okay. KC equals Keith Cohen. Cohen. So uh-huh. whatever he came up with here was used oh. very much in the same way on these, you know, they're not, it's not Cream, it's Do Your Dance, which of course is a lyric from Cream, but it's right. kind of an extension of Cream. Um, it was a very, I don't know, I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's super, super cool. cool. I was very, very impressed and thought that was neat to find yeah, um, something. something that he'd use later. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, it it was, wasn't, he sampled it later, not earlier. Yeah. That's super cool. Yep. So this uh, song sort of fades out too. Mm-hmm. You know what a big fan I am of songs fading <laughs> out, but uh as it fades out, we get those guitar licks again, and then an echoey synth proper ending, though, too. So as it fades out, then you get like a full level synth ending that mm-hmm. brings it to a close. And right. I thought it was very pleasant. Yeah. And appropriate. Like an appropriate kind of remix for, I don't want to say... You know, we've talked about this a little bit in our house with the new Sex in the City on HBO Uh being, you know, all the Carrie and her friends are the same age that the Golden Girls were and how different women are portrayed now Uh uh, in their 50s. Right. uh, Well, because Golden Girls were old ladies. Yeah, they were... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they they were were. grandmas and they were old ladies and they were... Grandmas and widowers. Yeah. I think... Mavis's certainly her character in Graffiti Bridge positions her at positions her as the oldest uh-huh. character, the you know the wise sage on the block. You might yeah. say, yeah, but she was fifty. I mean, I'm going to be fifty in two yeah. and a half years. Yeah, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sneaks up on you, it but does. you don't seem like an old man. Well, so I mean, I've seen many bridges in my time, and I have crossed <laughs> each and every one of them. With no trouble at all. That's right. I can't do it like Mavis. Well, she, you know, I have no trouble at all. <laughs> the word tall is in there. I love uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. Then we have the deep house vocal mix of Melody Cool. Oh, is it labeled a deep house vocal? Oh, look at yes. that. I had written down deep house mix, so I guess I must have mistranscribed it because mm-hmm. it is definitely the way you just said it on the back of the vinyl. Junior Vasquez makes another appearance. So he was firmly in. The Prince liked what he heard with Junior Vasquez, Mm -hmm. no doubt, to let him remix the lead single in Thieves in the Temple. Round and round, not only did he do remixes, but But one of his mixes ended up being the album track. Junior was kept at bay for (laughs) new power generation, (laughs) Uh but he's back now. That's right. And there was some engineering by Mark Plotty, who did extensive work with David Bowie in the 90s. No, did not know that. Where did you see that? On Prince Vault? I looked him up. Well, where did you see the name David Plotty? Yeah, it was on Prince Vault. (laughs) Sorry. Like I said. I'm like, I I don't remember exactly where I saw the... That he, I know I looked him up to see that he did work with David Bowie. Well, I know that you just don't know these things. <laughs> no, it was but on. I did not see his name anywhere. <laughs> it was on, uh, on the album, and I don't, yeah. I didn't look that carefully on Prince Vault because partly because 
I knew you had that battlefield covered very well. <laughs> yeah, I think very aptly named mix again. We get a house beat and piano, a new bass part, and at 41 seconds, this little xylophone that repeats mm-hmm. song-wide. I think you're, you're nodding like you know exactly what I'm talking about, so I won't sing the xylophone part. I'll let you pull out the sample yourself. And, you know, samples of her vocals. Ow, ow. Uh-huh. Yeah. It may, uh. really is a fun club mix from the start. Yeah, and it really highlights, like you said, we'll cover it shortly, but Mavis talks about her deep, deep voice and how, you know, when she was younger and nobody had seen her, a lot of people weren't convinced that she was female. Right. Or that she was young. They thought she was either an older, large woman. Right. Or a dude. Yes. Yeah. And she talks about that in the Arsenio Hall interview. Correct. Yeah. So a lot of that Mavis talks about and she does, you know, that is, that's like her, Thing, you know, like Prince mm-hmm. has got the awa and the screams mm-hmm. and Mavis has got these kind of guttural smoky, you know, I've wondered like, what does her voice sound like now? You listen to her 2019 album and it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It was that uh, quality to her voice didn't come exogenously. It wasn't caused by smoking or, yeah. Uh, yeah, you she, know, or something like that. It's yeah. an inherited trait. Yeah. Which yeah. she talks about too. Yeah. We should quit talking about what she talks about but until we talk about it. <laughs> Did you hear, too, the wispy, scratch-like effects at 58 seconds? Oh, it's no. like kind of quiet. This almost like a hi-hat, but it's like scratch effects, and it kind of happens over her vocals, which to me, her vocals are more isolated in this version, too. Like the music takes a back seat. That piano part comes back again at a minute and 22 seconds when she sings, When I Was Born, There Were Tidal Waves. In fact, Mm -hmm. I can hear it in my head when I just say those words now. Little simple piano chords that are played. And Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, did you happen to, I did not look to see if those were sampled from somewhere where they Uh, came from. Not that it's documented anywhere that I could find. But that's a Junior Vasquez trademark. Yeah, it really is. Kind of a house music trademark, to be fair, too. Yeah. Very, very similar to the Thieves in the House mix that we mm-hmm. covered a few episodes ago. Yeah. He definitely has a style. Oh, yeah. The more you hear Junior Vasquez mixes, you can start to really pick out, oh, that boy, that sounds like Junior Vasquez. Yeah. You, he's got uh, some qualities and things that he yeah. uses that are... Hallmarks. Similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a run of Mavis vocal samples, too, uh, where it starts to get kind of dubby at three minutes and 47 seconds in this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was almost a little unpleasant to me. Okay. It was just, it was a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her voice is sort of played like an instrument. Mm-hmm. She has this, like, part where 
in the original version where she sings Melody Cool and it's kind of coy. Uh-huh. And they kind of mess with it in this a little bit. And it kind of, I called it the jumpy version. Because <laughs> okay. it's not smooth like it was. Like yeah. they messed with it a little bit. Uh-huh. They call me Melody Cool. And I'm like, oh, you kind of messed up her coy Melody Cool. Oh. But I mean, it it, it had its time. This right. was a you know go and remix this, mm-hmm. and the background kind of vocals have that same kind of jumpy quality to okay. them. Okay, very fair. Let me give you a piece of good advice, and I do get paid for counseling. But I'm gonna give you the one thing I thought was missing from the house mix because certainly, like a collection of samples, is not missing. But when the album version, even Prince's version, towards the end stops and you get complete silence for half a measure or something and this doesn't do that in the house mix and i thought oh there's maybe a missed opportunity there to have Mm -hmm. this uh song builds and then hits a point and you get quiet for a minute and then it picks picks back up and that wasn't done um in this version at all before it gives us a fade out ending yeah the same kind of I don't want to say troubling, but the real, I'll use your term, jumpy vocals at four minutes and 55 seconds, too, of uh, you don't want nobody telling you nothing. It gets a lot of that Max Headroom treatment. Yeah. And you don't want nobody telling you nothing. You don't want nobody telling you nothing. I said they also messed with the extended outro. That's in my notes. <laughs> they messed with they it. They messed with it. <laughs> He gets paid to mess with stuff. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Nobody messed with it in an unpleasant way. All right. <laughs> Don't mess with Mavis. I'm going to put a bumper sticker on my car. <laughs> Drive around Texas. <laughs> yeah, that was an anti-littering campaign in Texas. Right. Don't mess with yes, Texas. If you aren't from the United it, States, you it, would not know that. Right. Um, but yes. Don't mess with Texas was a, uh, yeah. So Let's don't clean mess up with our Mavis. State. That's right. Yeah. Don't mess with Mavis would be my version. Mm-hmm. Then we have the mellow dub mix of Melody Ghoul. Right. Another remix by Junior Vasquez and engineer Mark Plotti. Okay. Um, boy, uh, to kick it off, we get, you don't want nobody telling you nothing in those xylophone mm-hmm. Uh, samples that right. repeat a lot to kick it off. Yep. And then there's a snare hit at 35 seconds that we don't get in the, what is it? House, deep house vocal uh-huh. mix. <laughs> so this has like a different little part that makes it sound slightly more organic and less housey, but it's definitely dub per our multiple mm-hmm. visits to the definition of what a dub mix is where right. other parts of a song are played like instruments, instrumental samples. Right. And we get, but you see, oh, but, but you see, oh. and Yeah, but you see, gets a lot of those. Yeah. And then there's a little, like, musical sample. I don't know if it was from this. It happens at 51 seconds. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And 208. 
328. Yeah. Those are the ones I wrote down. And I'm like, is it even from Melody Cool? I don't Melody know what it's, cool? from. No, don't know what it's, it's from. I didn't I don't think know what it's so. Either, but it's got to be sampled from something else. Yeah. Uh, but I but it know sounded out of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I try to, I think the dub mix is not my thing. Yeah. For sure. But, um, and not just that I don't like it, but that I don't revisit it a lot because songs, right. this has been a real problem for me the last two weeks as we led up to this episode of when you start listening to these songs over and over and over again and start to nitpick them, there will be parts that you just cannot get out of your brain. Oh, yeah. And the mellow dub mix does that. I mean, it really gets, it's like full of peanut butter. Like, you, it just sticks everywhere, you know, and I would find myself singing it mm-hmm. in my head, like and trying to go to sleep. It. And yeah. I, I would have been annoyed by anything had it just kept coming back. So I don't want to blame it squarely on Junior or Plotty. Yeah. At a minute, 56 seconds, when she sings New Power, Wave Your Hand, and then this very, very subtle background vocals. This is my favorite part of the song where we get everybody singing across the land. It's like very pushed to the back. Uh-huh. And it's kind of a cool... Take and treatment on that little part of the song, which I liked a bunch. I also liked the breakdown at two minutes and 17 seconds through two minutes and 25 seconds, where we get piano and Prince's own vocal samples of melody. Uh Yeah. have a lot of fun with taking that sample and playing it as a note mm-hmm. and i did like that a lot yeah oh it does that thing i hate with the bouncy stereo right after that it's starting at 225 oh yeah it does the bouncy stereo where it's going back and forth it makes okay. me dizzy I find a lot of women complain about that and i wonder if it's something just the way you are wired or the way that, uh, you know, your equilibrium or your inner ear getting more solid as you get other, older other or something. Other women complain about this? Yeah. Uh, there are other women that I know who complain about not just sounds going back and forth, but flashing lights and oh, yeah. motion and that kind of thing. Or I've got to turn my... I've been in meetings with women who will say, you know, this. I see what you're doing, but... I can't look at this because it's making me a little motion sick. Huh. Very, very sensitive to that kind of thing. Really? Maybe oh, it's just I didn't been. Know. It was just. Maybe it's just me happening to be happening to notice it a lot. Huh. But that you notice it means it's happening with women, a lot of women. That's interesting. Yeah. That's hmm. okay. I'm the kind of person that's also bothered by unfinished sentences, especially when I know what the sentence is. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I can't walk away until someone completes the thought. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're like me, then at three minutes and 24 seconds, it will drive you nuts to hear, it ain't no big eyes and little use, and you never get in my life. Oh. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm. It ain't no big eyes. 
keep wanting to like I've, I'm like I've got to say it or I've got to finish it myself, <laughs> Junior. Why? I have to say it or it's not finished. Yes, it's like you don't get points for the. I mean, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm the, scoring points walking around in my head. So there's like in a minute and fifteen seconds. It says, "All right, girls, listen here." Mm-hmm. And then it repeats the ah sound a whole yeah. bunch of times. Yeah. Does that bother you in the same way? It does not because she says the, the thought there or oh. the line is, all right, girls, now listen here. Uh-huh. All right, girls, now listen here. All right, girls, now listen here. Okay. You know, so we get the whole thing. thing. Oh, so okay. I've heard it. Okay. And if I want to hear in my life, <laughs> I've got to go back a full and track or two and listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Okay. Maybe that's a guy thing. I don't know. I haven't been in many meetings where men have said to me, are you going to finish that thought or do I have to do it for you? But that's how I feel. Okay. Okay. Man, there is nothing mellow about this mix. I wrote down the same thing. I'm like, I don't know that I'd exactly call this mellow. I wonder if they were naming it to have a little bit of fun with Melody Cool. Yes. And playing off Melody and Mellow. Uh-huh. It, could, it should have just been dub mix because there are parts that are kind of sample frantic yes um but definitely like i said the very def- definition of a dub mix was samples of the original track set to new music with vocal samples throughout played as an instrument and turns into just in the right setting if it was the right song that people loved and knew then this would sound fresh and fun um yeah. but i don't know that the song ever Got to that point, and I definitely don't think that Mavis Staples fits the... It's almost like Cher and a vocoder to me. Like, why that's not needed. That doesn't fit, Uh you know, the persona, the history, the character. Right. That's fine. But, I mean, she does say, if you... Maybe she should have said, if you play it right, I could learn something from you. Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe she's learning something new from the kids. Yeah, so who am I to complain about what they did with her own song? But do I think Mavis Staples even sits around and listens to this at all, as much as she loved Prince as a friend and someone who saw her as a mentor and her as someone he grew up listening to? I do not. I agree. All right. All right. Um, and I always forget that this song is also included in her second Paisley Park LP called The Voice, mm-hmm. which was released in 1993. Right. There was not a proper Prince album released in 1993, so we'll have to figure out where that album fits in, mm-hmm. you know, to cover. It may be just a, a one-off that we end up... I think, I think we talked about The Voice. What was it for... Um, I don't remember. Maybe it was because it covered uh, Positivity from Love Sexy, but that People Magazine called The Voice uh, one of the best albums of 1993 and how, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't, but it was just kind of an obscure record as most non-Prince albums on Paisley Park were kind of obscure. Mm -hmm. Um, Just kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Especially People Magazine. Like, it wasn't Rolling Stone or Spin. Yeah, or something music-centric. Right. Melody Cool was included on The Voice. That's right. Three minutes and 47 seconds. Essentially the same song, just mixed a little 
differently. Mm-hmm. I would say more theatrically. Yeah. And there was additional production by Ricky Peterson right. with keyboards and uh, additional mixing from Tom Tucker, who is a recording engineer with Prince from 91 to 93. Mm-hmm. And he passed away in 2012. No, I didn't know that. How sad. Yeah. So this is almost like I, I kind of appreciated this because I thought, well, um, if you're going to include it, I don't need the same right song again. Do something a little different with yeah, it. Yeah, and they did. They did something a little and, different. And they did. It sounds like the Graffiti Bridge version at the beginning mm-hmm. until she gets uh, to this part in her opening dialogue when she says, I'm still Melody. And then there's this theatrical hit mm-hmm. at 23 seconds um, that sounds very musical theater to me and then, <laughs> which you know this kind of was that right it was a musical movie mm-hmm. yeah and then she follows it up of course with and i'm still cool mm-hmm. hey, i'm still melody and i'm still cool yeah i thought the drums are raised in the mix mm-hmm. there and they're they're the same drums but they're Raised in the mix, they sound faster. Yep. And there's the guitar hit from the extended remix that we mentioned earlier throughout this whole song, too. Which also still made me think... You know, if that was sampled from somewhere, if it mm-hmm. wasn't Prince's playing, then it probably wouldn't end up on this album version uncredited. Right. right. Um, so I do think that it's him. I also thought that Prince's little samples of melody, oh, mm-hmm. they're much more buried Yes. on this one than in the Graffiti Bridge version. So it kind of pushed back a little bit more. Right. There's vocalizing that she does at like a minute and six seconds just before I have been here much longer, longer than you. And it's uh, forward in the mix there. So it just, you can really appreciate that part of it is highlighted and the da da da's, Mm -hmm. you know, Prince had the da da da's and she's kind of got hers is a little different and it almost sounds like she's, imitating a bass guitar okay kind of the way prince would do sometimes when he was like he has this thought in his head and he'll just he thinks about it and so he puts the vocal in there and Maybe to go back and add it later, but right. it's that's kind of how it sounds to me. It was kind of a fun, oh, almost a nod to Prince. Okay, yeah. cool. But um, I don't think she re-sang it for this. It's the same vocal right. track. Just I think so. Treatment. Yeah, but the it, but when they're brought a little up higher, you can appreciate these things that were kind of more subtle in the Graffiti right. Bridge version. Definitely. There's also that moment we mentioned earlier where the music stops completely mm-hmm. for a couple beats at two minutes and 52 seconds, where it's completely silent in the Graffiti Bridge version and Prince's own version. Mm-hmm. There's still percussion going on real gently in the background uh, right. over that. That's that's a little different. Too. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was nice to, you know, f- for... Fans of Prince, people who are going to 
buy each and everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very cool to have just another take. This could have been another remix, mm-hmm. you know, on the right. LP, and it was saved for uh, another album. Yep. I liked how the horns, they mm-hmm. they did this in the Graffiti Bridge version, but it was a little more subtle in this version. There's horns, and then they kind of change into keys. Oh, I thought and, it was keys all along, but that was just how I heard it. Well, and I mean, there's well, we see actual horns played in the Arsenio sure. performance. There it kind of really sounds like real horns at the beginning and then it devolves into definitely keys. So it could have been keys the whole time, but the transition of it is uh, a little more subtle in this version, okay. which I thought it was I always kind of hear it as uh, when we saw on, on the uh, Jam of the Year tour, mm-hmm. Prince played the guitar, yeah. and it really sounds like him playing that kind of an mm-hmm. instrument, you know, high up on the scale. Right. Uh, and it fades out around three minutes and 34 seconds. Mm-hmm. So very, very similar, but different to the graffiti. Yeah. And version. there's some like crooning background vocals, like at three minutes and 19 seconds mm-hmm. and, uh, and clapping yeah. that happens there that I thought was very enjoyable. Yeah. Soulful, it's a soulful album and mm-hmm. this fits it really well. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone on this earth, except for Prince, who was associated with Graffiti Bridge, I assume, appeared on the Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Mavis being one of them. Yes. Uh, and she did a performance. Yep. Uh, I, it was January 14th, 1991. Let me tell you, I had to look to find out that date. Oh, did you? Yeah, it's challenging to find out what day people were actually on Arsenio Hall in the initial run of that show. It's easier to find from, you know, the mid-20-teens when he had a revival of the show. Right, right. I don't know if how what record keeping was like, and or if they no. even saw it as important or historical at the time. You know, right. You're trying to do a nightly talk show, and that's mm-hmm. I'm sure not an easy thing. Right. Yeah. So the band that performed with her, I have to say, I mean, I watched the performance a couple times, and uh, it's a pretty faithful performance mm-hmm. to the Graffiti Bridge album, including the spoken intro, intro, which she does. It's not like it's just played over the no. PA she delivers it and it's right. it's spot on right I do not recognize any of the band members except for one Eric Leeds mm-hmm. standing right behind her yep. uh, with the saxophone so I was really surprised to yeah. see that he traveled and performed with her there it's very very cool yeah it's really fun to see her do her ow yeah live, live. really cool yeah it's uh-huh. Gosh, that's tough because you know you've we've seen Tevin Campbell appear there, and of course we've seen more Stay in the Time perform, and you know of course they're young, energetic performances, and this is more of a stately, reserved, uh, not reserved, but I'm just saying Mavis Staples isn't uh, the type of performer who is going to. She's going to wow you with her voice. She's not going yeah. to do it with a dance, any kind of dance routine mm-hmm. or anything like that. Not even, you know, that powerful necessarily of a band leader. It's just her voice carries it all. Right. Exactly. 
she does a really cool deep melody cool yeah yeah um and she does her kind of bass impression Mm -hmm. during this performance Uh yeah she does and she has a really good time with the call and response with the audience. Hey, hey, hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I thought that was really fun to see that live, this kind of thing. That's You can tell how they anticipated those lines being delivered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I still say this whole album and concept had a lot of potential. And in many ways, I hear it and think, well, that's an interesting idea to make it a musical so that you get to you know use the album tracks as live performances where it was kind of the opposite they used live performances that were previously recorded and lip sync to in purple rain Mm -hmm. graffiti bridge you know it's a collection of incredible you know legends prince in 1990 was essentially a, a legend of his own right and add may the staples and george clinton to the mix and then young talent also um it was kind of the Prince's Motown was sort of coming together to a degree and like the promise of Paisley Park was uh, the intention was to fulfill that promise not only Mm -hmm. to him but to Warner Brothers too and deliver you know all these legacy artists and to groom new talent and to have all these outlets for his music so part of that was you know realized and then part of it was uh, just poorly executed unfortunately. So she sits down and talks to Arsenio. Yes. And then she talks about the, how the rough voice runs in her family. and Yeah. It was on, would she say, her mother's side of the uh-huh. family was... Her mother, her grandmother. Yeah. All sounded this way. Yeah. And then she talks about working with Prince. Right. And she says that Prince told her he wore out a copy of a movie that she was in. Uh-huh. The Staples Singers were in uh, a movie called Soul to Soul, okay. which was a an Independence Day concert in Ghana. Okay, um, and a lot of um, primarily uh, Black American artists performed at this, and they filmed it, kind of did documentary style film of it, and Prince watched it so many times that he. Wore it out and had to get a new copy. Yeah. Yeah. He told uh, Mavis that. Yep. And uh, didn't she say that uh, her manager told her that Prince wants to meet you? And Mavis said, Prince who? Prince. And she's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. Like Prince. The Prince. Yes. Prince. Yes. That was very, very cool. Yeah. It was very, very cute. (laughs) She said he was very, very shy. When they first met, that he only ever gave her two-word answers the first time they met. Yep. If she'd ask a question, and she said by the time they got to London, she couldn't get him to stop talking. Yeah. I think that's really cute. (laughs) It was adorable. Mm -hmm. Adorable. She is charming. For sure. All around. Yep. She reminds me of Maya Angelou. She's like the, instead of being a writer, poet, Uh singer, performer. Yeah. They remind me a lot of one another. Yeah, that's very fair. All right. So we've talked about everything we're going to talk about. It's time for us to make some choices. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the material at the time it was recorded or when it was released. All of these are around the same. The sea, the low point, and the mountain, the high point. Right. Yeah. So these are my rules. I go first. Time capsule. For me, um, it was the Arsenio Hall performance because everybody who was anybody 
in the early 90s ended up on Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Especially black musicians, yes. particularly. Yes. It was uh, not uncommon to... So, who's Arsenio got on? Yeah. Yeah. So, who am I going to watch tonight? Correct. Yeah. For me, it was uh, the bass and drums. Um, okay. The do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Very uh, late 80s sounding Prince, uh, kind of along with New Power Generation, the unreleased version of Round and Round, Elephants and Flowers, all have this very graffiti bridge you know, change in Prince's musical direction sound to me mm-hmm. and melody cool fall falls squarely in that time period. Very cool. For me, the C was the mellow dub mix. It's just not my type of music and I won't listen to it again. Well, we won't belabor the point, but I am the same. First of all, it's not mellow and it sticks in my head. It woke me up at night for at least five nights oh, in the past two weeks. Like I need a I need a palate cleanser from <laughs> from the mellow dub mix. And then the mountain. I just really love the novelty of hearing Prince sing Melody Cool. So for yeah. me that's top. Really? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Cool. Um I mean me too, but I hate awarding the mountain uh, every time we do an an uh written for someone else track and we get the Prince version, it's easy for me to say I would much prefer that because I always do. So I stretched myself a little bit here, and okay. I'm going with the extended LP mix. I do kind of enjoy the Deep House vocal version for the mm-hmm. most part, but I, if I have to pick something to keep forever here, it'd be the what I call the full version with more of Mavis's speech. Super fair. Which, like I said, I think was likely cut to fit the soundtrack um, onto a single disc or two. Um, LPs. Mm-hmm. I will say my runner-up mountain is simply the fact that this song is nicely tailored for a mature woman whom Prince probably saw as a mother figure of sorts. And mm-hmm. I think it's the best song he's ever written and given to another artist in mind and gave them the space to do their thing, make it their own. Of course, Mavis is proven and Prince probably wasn't all that comfortable telling her what to do, so to speak, anyway. Right. And like I said, he had this Motown type thing going on with young artists. He probably chose for their looks and established artists like Mavis and George Clinton, along with bringing the time back into the fold. And this had the ingredients to be excellent. It was just hindered by the movie's plot and, frankly, Prince's directing skills. So like we said, as a director, Prince is an amazing musician. As yeah. we read someone else say. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Excellent. What are we going to talk about next time? Next time, are you ready for the best pairing of singles we've ever done on this podcast, period? I hope you are, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got the second single from Pandemonium, Chocolate, okay. with remixes galore, along with the fifth and final single from Graffiti Bridge. We're going to tie these both together. Shake, also by the time, with remixes. That's a chocolate shake, y'all. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. Do tell a friend. If you have a friend you have not yet told about us and is a Prince fan, share with them because it's more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for sticking with us. It's gold. It's gold. Sorry if I'd known you were going to do a joke. I would have hit record sooner. I should always be recording. Uh,